Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello, it's great to be with you. Today, we're going to talk about the topic of grief. And we recognize that grief is one of those universal experiences that we all have in our lives. And at some point, we will be affected by grief. And I think it's important to name that we want to be very broad in our topic of grief today and recognize that there's maybe some smaller griefs that we may experience and then some very dramatic griefs that maybe some of us are walking through. You know, I think that there's situational griefs. So perhaps, um, moving, divorce, even graduation, you know, that's a celebratory thing, but there's a grief because you're like letting go of high school and going on to a new thing. Um, of course, there's things like trauma and war, some of those situations that we have that cause grief, and then actual like death of someone that is very dear to us. And so as we're talking about grief today, we want to give room for all the different types and variations and different ways in which we each have, have experienced grief and to allow room and space to name that. So I'm curious what comes up for the two of you as we think about grief and how the contemplative life intersects with that. I appreciate the kind of broad scope of types of grief as we walk into the conversation, just to kind of give voice to all of the ways that we can feel this. And even as you're talking, I'm reminded just a couple of weeks ago, we had a child go through a minor surgical procedure. And I thought for sure I had no residual emotional struggle from like previous surgeries I had taken my children through. But like anytime I tried to like make a menu or think about that day, I found myself getting teary and anxious and uh, and just realizing there's this is a memory. This is not about this moment now even. It's about what happened several years back with a different surgery. And I had to keep bringing myself back to this is not that. This is the present moment. This is not what was. And it was not an easy journey all the way through. Yeah, I like that we've, we've named that grief can be very broad. And I think my recent experience with grief is I think like you mentioned grief is like something that every human experiences and sometimes that's hard to identify like I think sometimes it comes out sideways <laughs> like it could come out in anger or it could come out in um, escapism let's not deal with it let's not name it let's like just pretend that this transition that just happened I'm fine with it. I can move on. I don't need to say, I need to grieve what I lost in this circumstance or this situation. And uh, I, I came in contact with a neighbor who was experiencing grief and she was in sort of this denial, this emotion that I have grief about the change of the neighborhood was, was coming out in anger. And so I think just being able to talk to her and say, what is it that you what is it that you missed? And and really getting her to name, it's this. And I think naming is super important whenever it comes to identifying grief. What what is it that you're grieving? What is it that you're you feel like you've lost? So 
I really appreciate that we've brought up like the multiple facets of grief. And so this is the small spectrum of grief that I've recently come into contact with. Yeah, and even you mentioning that this particular situation with the surgery reminded you of another surgery and, and some situations that you had walked through. And I think that that's also something with grief is when a new grief comes to us, we not only have the present grief that we're facing, but also the history of the griefs that have been with us too. And the opportunity of, okay, I'm a different person now. And how do I take in this grief and process this grief, knowing that, you know, it, it reminds me of those Russian nesting dolls where you have the, the little doll and the bigger dolls that keep, you know, encompassing the other one. And, you know, I experienced this, my, my mother passed away when I was 11. And then later on in life, I nannied for a family who, um, whose mother died. And so being in that situation as a nanny and watching some of their grief unfold and some of those really tender uh, first months of, of the loss brought me back to my childhood, but I was an adult at that point. I was seeing it from a different vantage. And so it was kind of this beautiful redemptive thing for me where I was able to name some of the griefs that I was currently walking through with this family, also remembering some of the grief from my childhood, but also kind of this, this healing and this hope and recognizing, you know, I've seen how I've come through and almost being able to give that hope and that perspective to this family that you will also make it through and there will be people on the journey with you. And so I think that that's a really interesting dynamic. And it even occurs to me as you're talking, these are big moments and grief, such big moments. And even as you're talking about the death of a loved one, often comes with a bunch of stuff that you're supposed to get done in the middle of having this strong emotion, like you're just, your heart is on fire. And we moved a couple years ago and my heart was on fire. Like as excited as we were in order to make this change, there, there was so much to be done and there was loss involved and we were gonna have to like work in a new way. And, and I'm just reminded that we don't all deal with all that stuff that has to get done in the same way. And that kind of has to be okay. So some of us are gonna really dive into that work and use it and some people need somebody else to do the work. They just need someone else to companion, to be there with them, and just kind of making space for whatever our body is doing. I realized once we got to our new destination, uh, I noticed for a while we slept, we like long. I mean, now we get up at like 5.45. We were sleeping till like eight in the morning long. Like, it was long, our bodies were tired. And I thought like, will this ever end? Will my Will I ever not feel so tired? And of course, eventually, I didn't feel that tired, but it took a while. And I think it's important to acknowledge that our grief isn't linear. And there's, you know, seasons where maybe the grief is a little bit more intense that we have to walk through, but also that there's different ways in which our our personalities or our energies engage with the grief. And so, you know, for, for some, putting our hands to something. And so, you know, sometimes when there's a loss, maybe you're then building a scrapbook. It's like, okay, I, I, I graduated, I'm leaving these people. And so I'm going to make a scrapbook as a way to kind of channel the good and the memories and to celebrate what was while I'm having to let go of that part of my life right now and, and, and that grief. Um, sometimes for people, it's maybe going to a support group and having opportunities to connect with others and to share your story. And through that talking and, and maybe some therapy that helps us to work things out. You know, some people it's like, okay, maybe um, a loved one died and you're doing a, a race for their cause. You know, maybe they, they died 
of a particular disease. And so every year you're going to rally together and get donations and sort of channel that in memory of them. And so I think it's interesting to name the different ways in which we, you know, there is all of that in our bodies. And so sometimes it is maybe sleeping. Sometimes it can be uh, more of a quote productive thing. And sometimes it's more of a relaxed passive type thing that we need. Uh, I appreciate you naming those things. I, I recall whenever we were, you know, Christina Roberts and myself were grieving uh, infertility. And I wanted to be sort of outside in the shed, making something, uh, doing some woodworking. I wanted to be alone in solitude. And I also wanted to be like doing something productive, but that wasn't necessarily the same need that you had, Christina. You, you, you wanted to process and talk through some things. And, uh, you know, I think finding that balance of what what works for people who are grieving in the same uh, same situation, identifying what is the best way to grieve for yourself. So I appreciate you naming that. And I think, Chris, you had brought up before I'm someone being in denial. The, the, there are these kind of aspects too of, and, and my husband and I we're both kind of emotional repressors and so we're very compatible when something horrible happens. <laughs> um, but it really made other people uncomfortable in our lives. Like we uh, had some real sorrow and I wanted to get back to work as soon as possible. And people were like, what are you doing here? And I just felt like I can be on my couch crying, which is going to take me deeper into that emotion, which was something I was really struggling with wanting to do. Or I could go to work and feel productive and like a, a person and I want to feel like a person and so I'm here, <laughs> which is kind of like code for leave me alone, right? <laughs> um, but on the other hand, it would come out while I was driving. Uh, I would listen to music and it would all just kind of come out. I kind of wanted to process emotions by myself in that like they were too deep, they were too emotional and I just didn't wanna I just didn't want to do that with everybody. And so there is this not specifically denial, but it you know, there's this kind of motion of moving away from the people a little bit in order to have my own process. And I think it's important to name that the reason that grief, you know, it touches us so deeply is because there's love, like there's a paradox of grief. And I appreciate even in the scriptures, it talks about, you know, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy, or there's a paradox between mourning and dancing. And I think we feel these very, very deep emotions of love for someone or for something or for an experience. And then when we have to let that go, that grief matches. It's like, okay, because I care so deeply about this, this is why I'm experiencing the grief and the loss in this moment. If we didn't care, we wouldn't have that, right? And so even the fact that, you know, crying is a, it's a emotion that it's a physical thing that we do. And to contrast that with, you know, laughing, I think in Ecclesiastes, it says that. And so there's the opposite of that. And in Greek culture, when, when, when someone dies in particular, you wear black for a period of time. And so I remember one of my aunts um, had a loss and, you know, wore black for like beyond what widows typically wear black, she wore black for years. And then um, when my, my cousin got married, that was the first time that she had worn a colored dress and she danced at the wedding. And it was just this beautiful sort of emerging from her grief into this new season of, of freedom and love and celebration. And it was just such 
a contrast. And so, so again, I appreciate that even, you know, in, in the scriptures, it, it names those paradoxes of why this matters and, and how we relate to it. And I feel like what you're pointing out there too is seasons of grief are not, uh, they're not defined, right? So even if the standard period that was allotted to you was one year, that it can take longer. And that has to be part of our story. In fact, uh, I was reading something recently about this, that grief, it transforms, right? But we, we take it with us. It is a part of us, which I think we're, we're already naming in so many ways today. But it is important to kind of keep that in mind. You're not trying to get over your grief, if you will, but it's, it's going to come with you. That experience, that person, that relationship is going to come with you too. Yeah, I really uh, enjoy demolition whenever I'm in grief, right? A sledgehammer and tearing up something, you know. Um, it's productive, but it's also like getting out some of your angst. Uh, I, I also I feel like I'm identifying with my inner teenager, you know. And some people like music, you know, like heavy metal music or some music, some angsty music whenever they're they're mourning something. So yeah, totally identify. And I think it's important to name too, even as, you know, as we're recording this podcast, we have, you know, walked through two years of COVID. And I think during that, there's been a lot of collective loss, of course, in lives that were lost with COVID in time off of work. So like financial loss, health loss, um, educational losses, job, like all the things. Right. And I think I'm noticing too, collectively, where have we gone with that grief? And can we bring that to, to safe spaces where we can process through that and name that and not feel ashamed that, you know what, I feel a loss that at the beginning of COVID, I was feeling this and now I'm feeling this and being able to identify some of that and not to feel like, well, we should be, you know, it's over it now and we've got vaccines and people are doing more where I think a lot of this is we've maybe had to be in survival mode and kind of stuff some of this down. And I'm, I'm noticing some of that emerging too. And so again, not to be ashamed of our grief or to have to qualify our grief that, well, I shouldn't be experiencing this because there's people right now in the, in the Ukraine that are dying. That is true. And that is awful. And that is traumatic. And also whatever you're experiencing, maybe you had a job loss or you're grieving because your child didn't get to experience a milestone or there's education loss, whatever it is, all of it matters and there's space for all of it. I appreciate you naming that. Safe spaces are super important. And I feel like there's not a whole lot of opportunity. There's not a whole lot of locale or places where people can experience safe places because of expectations of others to, to just like, get over it, move on. I don't want to, I'm dealing with my own grief. I don't want to hear your grief. And so, yeah, I think it's super important for people to find safe spaces. I think so too, because we are, again, just unique individuals, right? Each of us made in all these wonderful ways and many sides of who we are, many facets to our personalities. And I, I heard a talk recently and uh, the woman was talking about uh, some traumatic things that had happened in her life and how for a while like there was this kind of sort of, it, it reminded me of archetype kind of conversation, like this kind of aspect of who I was until eventually what she called the wise woman emerged, right? The wise person emerges. But in the middle of that, there might be the sledgehammer person, <laughs> right? There might be these different aspects of who we are. We might want to curl up for a while. We might want to kind of lash out for a while. And then eventually this inner wisdom, this inner light, right? Something else emerges, but there, that's who we are. We are multi 
multifaceted. We have many sides to our personality. And to honor that each of those has meaning and purpose is kind of important. Well, thank you both for this safe space to be able to name and to honor some of the griefs that we've walked through. And now is the part of our podcast where we talk about what we are into this week. So what are we into? Well, I think this is definitely a result of being middle-aged, but I'm into my rain barrel and watering the garden from water that just came from the sky. Um, I don't know if I shared this at some point or not, but we had picked up a used rain barrel, just randomly drove by it late last year in the season for like 15 bucks. And so we had kind of gotten to use it, but now we're ready. It's like the beginning of a new season. And you know, we go out and it drops down into the watering can and this beauty of the stream that comes out of the watering can is so much better than the hose. So just living into that on those days. Well, I have been into the banjo and Beatles tunes. So I've been playing some Beatles tunes and I'm currently learning Blackbird on the banjo and uh, it has a very fun sound. So I'm into Banjo, Beatles, Tunes, Blackbird. Lots of bees. Love it. Well, I am into flossing. So this is something that I should have been into way before now, but I've been a very sporadic flosser and I'm really trying to up my game. So I am embracing flossing and I'm excited to go back to the dentist in six months and see what kind of progress I want to have my uh, dental hygienist excited and thrilled for me. So I am into flossing. Well, thank you so much for joining. Um, as always, we invite you to check out our website for more resources. And again, as we're kind of naming grief, if it would be helpful to have a sample spiritual direction session, we would love to connect in that way. So feel free to reach out at info at the Until next time, make it a great week. Take care. Mm-hmm.